Hey, hey, welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast. You're in the right place if you're looking for actionable tips on how to create a thriving 21st century classroom that helps prepare young kids for a 21st century world. On this show, we are all about giving students the tools and the strategies that help them grow as learners and as future leaders. And in this episode, we're going to continue the conversation that we started back in episode 102, all about digital citizenship. Now, digital citizenship has a lot of moving parts and elements, so we're breaking this down, breaking this larger idea of being a good digital citizen into smaller, more manageable chunks, And today we're talking about a super important aspect of digital citizenship, and that is security and privacy. Oof, that's a big one and one that may not always seem like something young students need to worry about, but they do. In fact, we can start at a very, very young age helping kids to see how important it is to protect and respect others online, including ourselves. And as a 21st century classroom, security and privacy can play a huge role as students are learning to become more independent online and begin exploring online. And we want that to be a good thing. We want them to be able to use amazing digital tools that are available to them. But above all, We want them to be safe about it and know how to protect themselves. So let's kick off this conversation with the intro music. Let's go. Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Now, when it comes to privacy and security online and talking about this with our students, we've got to start at the ground level with making sure our students actually understand the terms privacy and security. We've got to make sure that these words and their definitions are familiar and that students know how they relate to their digital experiences. Students come from a variety of backgrounds and experiences when it comes to their digital use, so it's key that we make sure that everyone is on the same page. So we can start by asking simple questions like, do you ever go online at home? Do you go on the internet? What kinds of things do you like to do online? And make sure we help students to understand that going online can be using a computer, a phone, a tablet, an iPad, websites, and even their game apps that they might use. Discuss how there are so many things to do online, like learning new information and playing games, communicating with friends and family, looking at pictures and videos, But it's important that in all of those things, we must be safe and responsible. When you start these conversations with your students, you can relate the terms privacy and security to situations and experiences that students already know. That's always a good place to start with starting with what they know. For example, you can talk about how each student lives in their own home with their families and they live in their homes where they can have privacy from the rest of their neighborhood and they can lock their doors and windows to keep their home secure at night or when they leave for the day. In the same way, We use things like passwords to lock and protect the things that we want to keep safe online. And there are some things that we don't share online. We keep those things private. So once you've established what it means to be secure and private, then it's time to discuss what we should keep secure and private and how to decide. Some things we want our students to know are okay to share. Other times, they're not. And students need to know the difference. 
So a good way to help students understand what's okay to share is to have them think about the information about themselves divided into two categories, personal and private. So something personal might be things like their hobbies, pictures of their pets, favorite colors, and so on. These pieces of information are okay to share because they're not going to be able to be used to necessarily identify them specifically as a person because a lot of these things that they are sharing will also be true for other people. And sharing these things can be positive and fun. It helps us to connect and relate to others. So we want them to know that those things are relatively okay to share online. Private information obviously should not be shared online. And we want our students to know that private information are things like our addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, our full name, birthdays, and of course, passwords. This information we would not want just any stranger to know, so we don't share openly online because we don't always have control over what people see about us. It's information that's unique to you, the person, and it can be used to specifically identify you. And of course, we don't want that. And beyond just telling students what they shouldn't share, we should also help them understand why this information should remain private. Help them to understand the consequences or the impact of what could happen if this private information got into the hands of the wrong person. So you might even create a poster of some sort to have in your classroom with these differences outlined, private versus personal information. Now, if you're working with older students who may have their own email addresses or have access to social media, you might take this conversation a little bit further and discuss things that they should or shouldn't be clicking on in addition to the things that they're sharing. Because we all know that when we click on something online, we're automatically telling the internet things about ourselves without really meaning to. So these are those clickbait headings and headlines that they might click on. So platforms like Facebook and even Google, they keep track of all of the things that we click on and they'll show us more of that information if we continue to click on it. And of course, we know that things that we click on can sometimes lead to not so great websites that are going to be appropriate for our students or they lead us to false information. So we really want to help students to understand that you shouldn't just click on anything and you should always, if you're unsure, get permission from a trusted adult. And we want our students to know that we should never click on an email that's sent from someone that we don't know without permission from a trusted adult first. We want them to understand that pictures or headlines that they see online that seem impossible or unbelievable are designed to shock you and usually are just there to get you to click on it and therefore we should not click on it. Now before I go on, you might be thinking, okay, Rachel, this is good information, certainly something I want my students to know, but when exactly am I teaching this information to my students? Because quite honestly, it just feels like one more thing to fit into my schedule. I totally hear you. The concepts that I'm sharing with you do not have to be taught in isolation, although they could, and that is a perfectly fine thing to do if you think your students will benefit from it. But you actually can just weave these conversations into your authentic situations that are already taking place in your classroom right now. Anytime your students might be filling out information online, talk about it. Discuss why it's okay for them to put their name and email address on platforms like Google Classroom, but not necessarily on public websites. Talk about how Google Classroom is a secure website that only you, the teacher, and other adults in your building have access to. When students have to create a password for something or use one of your school passwords to access a website, talk about what makes a good password and why it's important to have passwords in the first place. 
when you hear students talk about or they share with you things that they saw online or things that they like to do on the internet, like play games and things like that, because, you know, they love to talk about those types of things. Weave in the conversation about safe sharing and safe activity online. It doesn't have to be a 45-minute lesson. It could just be a quick teachable moment right then and there authentically in what students are already talking about. When students are exploring online for research projects or watching a video on YouTube, talk about what they should and shouldn't be clicking on. Now, of course, your school may likely have blocks to many of these outside websites that are not deemed safe for students, but you can still have these quick conversations so that when they are in other places, like in their homes or at a friend's house, they know that they shouldn't be clicking on things like ads on YouTube, or they shouldn't be clicking on pop-ups that show on websites. These are those teachable moments. Have these conversations in real time using real experiences. It'll make a lasting impact on your students, and it's going to help them see these safe practices in their day-to-day life. These are the kinds of conversations that we need to be having in 21st century classrooms. All right, I'm going to put a pin in this conversation on digital citizenship, and I'm going to pick up on it in a later episode because there's a lot more that we can discuss on this topic. The need to teach students to be safe online is just a reality of living in our digital world. And so we have to weave it into our everyday instruction and in our everyday conversations. And the more that we use technology in our classrooms, the more we need to have these discussions. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we started this conversation back in episode 102. Just a few weeks ago, we started talking about digital citizenship and we started talking about having and developing healthy digital habits. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, that's a great place to now go back and listen to it because it's all part of the same conversation. It's all about developing responsible digital citizens. So definitely check out that episode and stay tuned because I've got more digital citizenship episodes planned for the future in the very near future so that you can start having these conversations with your own students in your own classroom. All right, that is all for me today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.